Over the Ball is brought to you by Soccer America. Soccer America, the soccer paper of record. Go to SoccerAmerica.com and sign up for your subscription today. More information on all our sponsors at OverTheBall.com slash sponsors. Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over the Ball with me, Kevin Flynn, alongside Dave Gallegos, OTP, David. We're the show where each week we bring you the world's game, but from an American perspective. So, uh, Dave, a lot to discuss this week. MLS Cup this Saturday uh, in Columbus. Uh, the Division One Men's Final Four uh, this weekend in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so those are the two big things I want to talk about, Dave. But uh, before we get to that, what did you watch this weekend, big guy? All right. Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, and thanks to Soccer America for sponsoring us. Very excited for our uh, inaugural uh, podcast. So, um, yes, yeah, Senor Flynn, I watched, other than the MLS playoffs, I actually watched an incredibly entertaining Liverpool-Fulham match, which yeah. had a ridiculous goal from Alexis McAllister from... Oh, my God. Uh, that was insane, uh, unreal. I had to watch it like 10 times in a row just to make sure I wasn't watching uh, uh, something fictitious. It was... Yeah, from, it, uh, it looked computer-generated. It looked computer-generated. It was amazing. What an amazing shot. A rocket, a laser right into the upper corner. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you defend this. So, you know what? I recommend everybody to go on YouTube. Even if you don't watch the entire match, just watch that shot. It was just that ridiculous. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that game. Um, you know, it was Liverpool, a fantastic squad, really deep, a uh, lot on the bench that they can they can you know bring out. Um, what I think is amazing, and it happened in the Man City game as well, these, these dominant teams come out, they blow their early opportunities. Uh, because Liverpool, Dave, you saw the game. I mean, they completely outplayed Fulham in the first half. Um, but they let Fulham in. They let them, um, you know, counter, get a goal, and, and they put themselves in trouble. So I don't think many teams could have come back from the hole that Liverpool dug themselves into. But it was a wonderful game to watch. And I also liked watching... You know, the two American players on the Fulham side of the ball, uh, Jedi Robinson and then also Tim Ream. Tim Ream, who I think is really a, a great player, incredibly underrated, and uh, he's done the American public very proud over there. Oh, agreed. Absolutely. I mean, anytime there's an American involved on a quality team overseas, I mean, you root for that team. Right. Uh, you know, back in the day, as you know, I mean, I think Sheffield Wednesday was the first team to really give Americans a shot with uh, John Harks and, um, Harks. you know, uh, but, you know, now, I mean, there, there is more and more, but no, you're right, Kev. It's, uh, it's really great to see these guys flourishing overseas. And then um, the Man City-Tottenham game was, uh, you know, same thing. As I said, Man City and Holland actually had a lot of opportunities early. Uh, they hit the, the crossbar and the, uh, the post a couple of times, but they didn't finish early, let Tottenham back in the game, and Tottenham, Dan, you know, with Sun, and uh, they're, they're a new team. They, they looked good. Did you see any of that game? I did. I watched a, a bit of it. I mean, it wasn't as full throttle as the Liverpool match, but, right. uh, you know, anytime Holland is uh, is on the field, anything can happen at any given moment. So, um, yeah, and you're right. Tottenham is really they're, – they're, they're showing what they're made of right now. It's a good match. You know, tough call at the end because um, – I think the referee was going to play on, and then he thought it broke down, and 
But then Grealish, so he blows the whistle just as Grealish breaks through and is going to be on a one-on-one uh, with the goalkeeper. And he calls it back to the spot of the infraction. And Man City just went ballistic. Holland went crazy. And I know uh, Craig Burley on ESPN, he's a buddy of mine. He was basically, he said on air, he's, he's like, yeah, Holland should have been more upset with the, the, um, all the missed opportunities in the first half and shouldn't have been so tough on the referee for that one. So yeah. um, it was a, uh, it was a good game. So, Hey, um, so we watched a little premier league, little MLS. We got that big game coming up this weekend. Um, but I want to get to our first trivia question for the audience here. Um, give me a little trivia question. We'll give you the answer to this question. I'm going to ask it to you, Dave. You can think about it, ruminate on it a little bit, and then got? we'll give, we'll give the answer, uh, at the end. So let's see. Um, all right. Uh, LAFC aims to become the fourth back-to-back MLS champ in the league's 28 seasons. Who were the first three? The first three. Uh, I, I know at least one of them. I think I know two. I don't know the third, but... Hmm, all right, well, that's a good one. Who, who do you get? One. What are your guesses? You don't have to say the year. Just the uh, team. Well, I mean, I know the Galaxy for sure. And I think, am I allowed to say the answers? Yeah, yeah. You can say the answers. Or because the winner gets a million bucks, so I don't want right. to take away. Don't say that. Uh, I don't know podcast legal rules, but you will not get a million bucks. Um, let's say uh, the, the, the New York Cosmos. Oh, wait, that was 78. I'm sorry. Uh, Cosmos, Galaxy, yeah. Am I right with the Galaxy? Yep, you're right. Um, and Houston. Oh, very good. I don't know the third, though. The third should actually, I think, be the easiest. Uh, if you think back, you mentioned John Harks. Um, you mentioned the Galaxy. Uh, uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't same coach. No, same coach. Well, all right. Well, you know, what? I, I think I got it. But we're going to give away the. Uh, no, yeah, if, you, if you get uh, it, you get it. I'm going to tell you. If you get it, you get it. The the the, the people out there. Was it? They was it DC United? It was DC United. Dave, you're on the board, brother. <laughs> this is your first show. You're three for three. So uh, it was the LA Galaxy 2011-2012, uh, which was, I think, the easiest one. Then the Houston Dynamo 2006-2007. I think that was the toughest one to get, Dave. Um, and then you surprised me with DC United, 1996 uh, and 97. Seemed like, uh, wow, ancient history there. So good job. So that's the answer, everybody. That trivia question brought to you by our sponsor, Soccer America. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I didn't answer in the form of a question, but uh, I, right. I don't think we need to, right? It's not Jeopardy. It's, uh, okay. it's, over, the, it's over the ball. All right. So this week, uh, MLS Cup, Saturday uh, in Columbus, Columbus against LAFC. You watched the, um, the semis this weekend, what, uh, this past weekend. What did you think? Uh, you know, I have to tell you that if you're a casual soccer fan, if mm-hmm. you watch the Columbus game, Columbus Cincy game, that was pure excitement. That was phenomenal. Um, I mean, the crew, from what I understand, they're the first team to overcome a two-goal deficit on the road in the playoffs ever. Um, and Cincy, those fans are raucous. They're they're new to the league. Tough place to play, and they did it. Very, 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 very exciting. Yeah, you know, Columbus is a, is has a great history down there. You know, it was originally owned by Lamar Hunt, who was 
so influential in starting uh, the league and bringing soccer here, I think even back to the NASL days. So, uh, and in 1996, I remember I was so excited when this happened. They built the first soccer-specific stadium, uh, Columbus, the crew. And, and they won the MLS Cup in 2008, um, two years after um, uh, Hunt had passed away. And uh, Ziggy Schmidt, who the old UCLA coach, yep, UCLA. Uh, won with them. And, um, you know, he also took UCLA to three NCAA titles and the Galaxy to a title as well. So he was a, uh, he was a great coach, a great guy. But, um, you know, I think since he had a great run uh, this year, I was going to get Dominic Kinnear on this week to talk to us. He's the assistant coach at Cincinnati if, if they had made the finals. But uh, they, were the, they were a great team throughout the year. But uh, you got to do it. It's the second season when it comes to the playoffs. And that was a that was a barn burner. That was a lot of fun. So and it was great. I mean, there was so much action, especially within the first fifteen minutes. I mean, the first minute they had a ball that went over the crossbar. Uh, a couple of minutes later, a goal was called back for a uh, um, a very um, uh, an offsides call, which could have gone either way. Quite frankly, um, you know, and it's amazing. I mean, Columbus didn't even make the playoffs last year, nor did they make the playoffs the year prior. So the fact that they're in the finals now. Uh, you know, new coach, obviously, but they're in the finals. Not an easy thing to do. So, congrats, no. congrats to the crew and uh, and all their fans. Yeah, that's right. You know, Mike Wattola at Soccer America was saying to me that uh, a lot of people are going to be rooting for the crew because uh, you know it's it's not LA. Um, they are recent title winners, the crew. But you know, they're, this late season charge, they advanced past both the Western Conference semifinals and finals on extra time goals, and as you said, winning in dramatic fashion. So. Um, you know, and, and then the, um, you know, LAFC, uh, you know, always kind of high hopes for them. They're the glamour team of the league. Uh, you know, they won the championship last year, but, uh, you know, this year their journey, uh, a lot rockier. They finished third in the Western Conference. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Kev, you know? Believe, and both teams finished third in their respective conferences. Right. So, so that's something to match up. Which doesn't happen very often, so we love it. That's very cool. And you know what's really cool? Uh, And you know what? Actually, you touched on something that I'd love to get back to um, Mm -hmm. on on another podcast. The fact that Columbus built the first soccer-specific stadium, because that really was revolutionary in terms of MLS and soccer in this country. So maybe at some point we can touch on that at a a later podcast. But um, Yeah. uh, No, no. It it was important. uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. and you know what? I just lost my train of thought. I don't know. What no, but did you I say, think, I think, no, but I say, you know, we, we can talk about it a little bit because, you know, as a player myself, and even when I played in the pros, we'd always play in a football stadium and it was on turf with the, with the crowned field, you know, where you couldn't see a guy on the other side of the, uh, on the touchline where I was so excited when they finally built a stadium, kind of like a European model stadium. Yes. The fan, the fans are close. The field is close. You can see the players. It's it's great. There's no distance there. You look at an NFL field. There's that huge sideline before the sideline. You know what I mean? Where yeah. players and everybody hangs out. So this was great. I mean, the thing with Columbus. When I went back there years later, I was like, oh my god, it's old. It's old now and sort of outdated. <laughs> but it was it was groundbreaking. And the Hunt family, God bless them, because they put the money up uh, because they knew this was a growth sport. It was going to happen. And uh, we can't thank them enough. So now we yeah. have a lot of great stadiums. Yeah, no, it's hard to believe that Columbus actually almost lost their franchise back in, uh, I guess, about ten years ago. Hard to believe, and then here they are in the finals. Right. I mean, that's what I love about Columbus too. Um, I used to play there indoor 
It was a team called the Columbus Capitals that used to play there, and we loved it because they supported their teams. So they're right. big Ohio State fans. So, all right, I want to move on because it, this is something near and dear to my heart. Uh, the men's uh, Division One College Cup final for this weekend. Uh, it's in Kentucky now. It, it's it's interesting. It's going to be on ESPNU now. The semifinals are on Friday. Um, you know, now if you think about it, Dave. How do you have a tournament where the guys used to play on Friday or Saturday and then again on Sunday? So they're going to have the finals on Monday, uh, which is weird. But then I thought about it. You know, you have NFL football on Sunday, which you have to compete with. So that would be tough. Um, And you have the MLS Cup on Saturday. So uh, I see why they went with Monday. But, you know, one thing that I just don't see – it really doesn't get its due. It should be really well attended. Uh, I think they should take they should do the semis one weekend and do the finals somewhere else on a, on the next weekend. Um, have you been to ever any of them? Um, I back in the day I went to. I'm the proud graduate of the from the University of South Carolina, so I will not oh. be rooting for Clemson. Um, I'm sorry, much to your dismay. I know uh, Noonan is one of your dear friends. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we went to the finals years ago against uh, Virginia. So we was lost. Tab Ram- was Tab Ramos on that team? No, he was not. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I have gone. But but you're right. Uh, you're 100 right. I mean, look at the MLS. They have the finals. Whichever team had the higher point total, that's where the finals are. So now Columbus enjoys the finals in their own backyard. So right. I'm not suggesting that the NCAA do the same thing, but uh, to your point, it should be it should be more publicized. It should be a, a lot bigger of an event than it actually is. Well, and I'm living out in California now, where the growing season here is year round. And I remember playing soccer, you know, in college at UMass up in Amherst, Massachusetts. You know. Knocking it around in the in the NCAA playoffs in November, you just you're absolutely miserable. It's anything yep. but it's anything but soccer. So I mean, Kentucky's not going to be warm, but um, you know it's. And as you said, I'm going to be rooting for Clemson just because of Mike Noonan, um, who uh, you know is an amazing coach. They have an amazing record. Um, I understand the whole ACC contention down there with you, but. Um, they play a great brand of soccer. And one of the things that I've talked to, to Mike about, um, you know, is the influx of foreign dominated teams. Now, Marshall, West Virginia. I mean, these teams yeah. are basically all foreign players. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Marshall didn't have a single American on it. Maybe one, but That's um, crazy. I didn't know that was crazy. The case. Yeah. So in the late seventies, early eighties, a lot of the big programs uh, like Clemson at the time and, uh, uh, Davidson, uh, where else? A um, bunch of schools had a lot of foreign players. And there was a big, you know, like, how do you develop the American player? And if they don't have college to go to, you know, to, to play D1 and then maybe move on to the pros after that. And for a long time, I'd say from the late 80s to the early aughts, um, you know, the American players were dominating in the college league. Now, I don't know why this has changed we'll have to have some of these guys on to talk about it but it seems like a lot of the best players are not going to college sometimes um mm-hmm. american players mm-hmm. they're in they're in all the the clubs and so i don't know how this fares you know it's a, it's not great when you you have a team loaded with players from all over the map uh, i'm not uh, you know 
I'm not saying build a wall uh, in American <laughs> soccer. I'm just saying uh, I, I always get my first concern is for the American player. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because Syracuse, who won the the championship last year, um, yeah. I I don't know how many Americans they had. I think they had maybe one, maybe two. Right. Uh, and the Clemson, Clemson the year before, I think they had maybe six Americans. So, no, you, you bring yeah. up a good point. I mean, it's nice that the top U.S. players go overseas and play professionally, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, again, the foreign players, they're used to a higher caliber of competition. So a lot of these coaches find them more attractive. Um, oh, yeah. And they, and they recruit, recruit over there. They don't have to develop as well, and I think for their from their perspective, uh, they come with those skills. Uh, they also get a college education, the, some of the best in the world, yeah. and then they also have a chance to then go in MLS and um, you know go to the pros from there. So I understand why they do it. Um, I just don't. Um, I think there should be some attention to it. I remember in the NASL days, you had to have two American players on the field at all yeah. times. Exactly. Um, Even in so, the European leagues, you have to. You're only allowed X number of foreigners in the European leagues, right? So it's so the game's Friday. It's Notre Dame versus Oregon State. I was happy to see Oregon State get in there. Yeah, um, a new name, new name in college. Yeah, soccer. exactly. Some new blood in there, and then uh, Clemson versus West Virginia. So uh, and then Monday uh, will be the finals at 6 p.m. on ESPNU. I think it's unfortunate on Monday they can't put it on the main channel. I don't know why. Not right. Uh, no yeah. respect. No respect. So uh, it's it's kind of a bummer. Um, I wanted to mention Bob Bradley. Uh, have you are you a Bob Bradley fan? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, before if you don't mind, Kev, if I sure. just interject. I gotta yep. gotta keep things equal here. I want to give a yeah. huge shout out to the Florida Florida State women's team, who absolutely destroyed Stanford five to one to go on to win the NCAA women's championship. So. Great job, ladies. That's uh, got to be exciting. Five to one, my gosh. Five to one, and uh, I heard they held played a hell of a game. So uh, apparently, a great squad. So that's uh, that's good to see. And I know uh, we're we're recording this on a Wednesday, and the U.S. women's national team plays tonight against China uh, in a rematch from that World Cup all days ago with their new um, coach. Yeah, you know, and I really think they're floundering a little bit, and I think it's a really important time for great hire, though. Great hire. Right, right. And they need it. And you need to put the power in the coach's position. Uh, I think the old players had too much uh, too much power. They got the last two coaches fired um, uh, before this last coach. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think – and I've talked to some of the women about this. Uh, Julie Foudy was on uh, this show when I had it on ESPN about the type of player that started the Julie Foudy, the Mia Hams uh, – they they were a different breed of cat, and I think this middle group uh, got a little, you know, because this women's program has literally uh, inspired countless women around the world. I mean, they've had a global impact on why why aren't women playing in Costa Rica, in El Salvador, in Spain, and yep. you know all these places where the the game dominates, and the women weren't allowed to play, and you know they should get great props for that. They really have, but I feel like. This last team um, loved some of the new players, but the, some of the older ones, I think they stuck around too long, which means the pool of players is not big enough or they're not getting enough chances. And I think that's what happened. So they are uh, really in a rehab uh, sort of time right now where they've got to you know, kind of boot out the old uh, with dignity and uh, bring in some of these new, young, exciting players, create competition. Because if you see it now, Dave, as we watch the U.S. men's national team, 
there's a lot of competition. We don't know who's going to start in each position, right? Yep. So everybody's on fire. You know, you get a, a 15, 20 minute shift. You better do your best because that's how you get a starting job. And I think uh, some of the some of the women list, rested on their laurels. And then the coaches were always, I think, a little scared because the women had guaranteed contracts. Um, you couldn't fire them. You had to take them. And I think it kind of screwed them up in the end. Well, so hopefully uh, yeah, they, I, they're I, on the road to rehab. Yeah. I agree. And quite frankly, I mean, look, for fear of being uh, controversial, and I'm not really fearful of being controversial, I think there was yeah. some prima I think there was some prima donnas there, quite frankly, without mentioning names. I think they were right. they were a little spoiled, maybe a little entitled, and guess what? Other countries are starting to catch up with the skill level and uh, you know, they got they got slapped around a little bit. Yeah, and I think um, you know, look, uh we all it's controversial what a player uh gives his political views, right? Yep. But you're listened to when you're a player and you're performing at a high level. If LeBron says something, uh, you know, or Messi says it, it's really covered. It resonates. It resonates. And, and whether you agree with it or not, and I always believe that these players have the right to, to, to speak their minds. What happens is, unfortunately, if the first focus should be not on social issues, but should be on winning. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the skill level has gone up worldwide. And you looked at the last cup. Sure, we had probably the best athletes out there, but we did not have the best skilled or best tactical technical players. They've been passed up, and I think it's time um, that that the U.S. catches up now with uh, some of the European teams. Yeah, yep. No, the European teams, especially the English league, is very exciting, and they have a lot of our players over there. So, um, but you know, the American league, I think they just signed the contract with CBS, I think. So, um, it's going to be better, uh, funded if you will. Um, right. and maybe we can keep the players here, but, uh, yeah, listen, again, I hate to, to, to repeat myself because we're very short on time, but you know, again, maybe this is a subject for another podcast because I can, I could speak ad nauseum about this stuff. I know you yeah. want to talk about Bradley. Well, I just want to give my props to Bradley, but I think, you know, I think the women's program is on the right track now. And that is a good thing because, you know, they used to, the women were demanding money. And, and when I played professionally, I Equal couldn't pay. demand, and, yeah, but I couldn't demand any money as a soccer player because we weren't bringing in any money. Yeah, so, course. you know, you, you know, now that they have some sponsorships, they have a television uh, contract, this is good. Um, I don't think you get equal money just for being equal money, not on something like pro sports. You can't. You can't title nine a professional sport. I agree uh, with you, my friend. Yeah, so um, I, I think this is good progress. Anyway, um, yeah, but I just uh, before we we close here, I just wanted to give a shout out to Bob Bradley. I I believe as you know, I've been a fan of his all along. He's dedicated his life to this game. Um, he developed a national team, uh, you know, player captain with his son. Um, his brother writes wrote for Sports Illustrated. They have been a big integral part of the development of this game. I think. Bob Bradley is a great coach. Um, he got uh, kind of shanghaied when he went to uh, England, the Premier League. That's Wasn't given really. Yeah, it, it was terrible. So, um, uh, you know, he went back to uh, Staubach, which is no relation to Roger Staubach, but uh, for those of you who are older, but uh, he didn't do it. The guys lost in their last game, so they dropped down and um, they got relegated, which is too bad. But he's a great coach. I hope he winds up somewhere else. He's got uh, a lot of coaching left in him. You know, I, I do have to say that, uh, you know, I thought he was the savior when he was the U.S. men's national team coach. I'm like, all right, great. All right. You know, yeah, he was the right guy for the job. I was excited. And then, unfortunately, just kind of 
started going downhill for him and he never really was able to reproduce the success he had. I mean, look, like you just mentioned in Norway, he's been relegated. Norway, let's face it, Norway is 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 a rung or two below the MLS. I'm not saying yeah. the MLS is Premier League, but it's 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 better than the Norwegian League. He's now in D2 <laughs> for Norway. But I do have to say, I heard rumblings, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard rumblings that he may very well end up back at the MLS, maybe at D.C. Maybe. Oh, I could see that. And he's, I think he lives in that area, too. Yeah, um, the rumblings. He's a just rumble. That could be the tuna salad you had for lunch. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. So a great uh, weekend of soccer coming up here. You have MLS Cup, uh, and you also have the uh, the NCAA Division One men's finals. And then, of course all the premier league action that will, uh, that we'll get to watch. Dave, what are you planning on, uh, on watching I'm besides watch, those two things? I'm going to watch all of the above and full disclosure. I am a huge Miami Dolphin fan, which is another form of football. Um, so how did that football. come about? Um, all right, quick story. When I was a young kid, my friend had all the NFL magnets on a fridge and as an impressionable four, five, six year old, I saw the Miami Dolphins helmet which uh, their logo was an actual dolphin with a football helmet and i thought that's the coolest thing and it coincided <laughs> with the dolphins being undefeated so i was all in and i've never ever looked back so uh oh, that, yeah go that, fish. that was don, that was don shula jim kick and uh, larry zonka days right oh yeah mercury Bob, Mars. Bob greasy you know, yep. who's, who got convicted of cocaine. See, look, uh, Mercury Morris did, I think. So that's how they won all those games maybe back in the day. I'm not sure. So well, uh, he he, I think he only um, he only did it because he liked the smell. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The Rodney Dangerfield's old line. Um, was, yeah, hey, kid, I like the way it smells. <laughs> you know, Rodney Dangerfield I met twice uh, in my comedy career and once was at the improv. I'm at the urinal standing next to him and he's in a white terry cloth uh robe right no shirt and the gold chain with the star of david around big hairy chest and he's got uh matching terry cloth shorts on and flip-flops <laughs> and he's out at night it's like 11 o'clock at night at, at the improv and or, i'm peeing or next he to calls him it form- or he calls it formal wear Boy, exactly <laughs> and i i look over at him i'm kind of like i say hey it's rodney and he goes he goes hey kid how you doing i go good he goes and he points down at, his, at himself and he goes Hey, 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 we only rent this stuff. This is our- <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, Rodney, you're on the board. So, uh, all right, Dave, well, it was good, man. Good uh, coming out of the gate with you today for our first uh, revamp of, uh, of Over the Ball. I had been uh, touring with this one-man play I've been doing called Over, uh, Over the Ball, called Fear of Heights. <laughs> so I just did a three-week run in, in, um, in Los Angeles. So I'm glad that uh, that's over. Uh, rewriting it. it's going overseas in a little while and back to LA, but uh, I'm glad I'm back talking footy and glad I'm uh, on over the ball talking with you. So, um, yeah, I, if, uh, yeah, yeah. if everybody uh, liked what they heard, give us some love on Instagram, uh, over the ball, Twitter, X, Facebook, Linktree, over the ball people. We uh, hope to hear from you guys next week and uh, thanks. Uh, great chatting with you, Kev. I love it. This is a, a marketer we've got here. I'm, uh, I always forget to mention that stuff, and it's very important. If you like us, as Dave said, please uh, give us a thumbs up um, and uh, a like. All right, everybody? All right, for uh, Dave Gallegos, I'm Kevin Flynn. We'll talk to you next time on OTV. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. 